Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. And I'm Melissa Edgington. And it's day 31. This is it, man. Of 31 Things to Teach Your Kids. After this, we never have to podcast ever again. <laughs> man, can you tell that we're giddy that it's day 31? Yeah, it's been a it's been a marathon. I'll admit it was this whole thing was my idea. Bad idea. <laughs> my idea, bad idea. I think it's been no, it's, I, it's been good. Yeah. It has been a challenge. Mm-hmm. But it's good to challenge yourself. Mm-hmm. But we've, so thank well, you for challenging me. But somehow we've sat right here 31 days in a row. I know. What's so what can we replace this habit with every night? How about sleeping? Eating, <laughs> jumping rope to reformed rap. There's a lot of things we can do instead of this. We could work on our golf game. We could, uh, you know, work in the yard. There's just, you know, it was it was 822. You know how warm it was out there today? It was so hot. The high, oh, how hot was uh, it? It was 98 degrees. <laughs> At it was the high today in Olney, Texas was 106 so degrees. Crazy. So hot. It was so hot. It was the wind was hot. It was nasty. I told them if it felt like that if it started raining, that the rain would be hot. Yeah. It would just, just be like a shower. Okay. So enough of that. People don't care about how hot it is in Texas. They know it's hot in Texas. Did you see that um, cartoon that was going around Facebook? What is it Today it was uh, God's Kitchen. That's what Texas is. And God was sitting in a chair, and there was something in his oven, and it was all this fire going. And uh-huh. somebody came in and said, what are you cooking, God? And he said, Texas. Texas, yeah. That's <laughs> it's hot, man. Ooh, it's warm. So, um, today, good day. Um, I just did a lot of administrative stuff today. I had, well, we had finished up our music camp, had pizza. And we uh, had a great time singing. Have I mentioned how interesting it is that the kids have learned how to sing out of the hymn books? I don't know. I don't know if I mentioned that yesterday or the day before, but we did this three-day music camp, and we all went and got hymn books out of the... We still have hymn books in our sanctuary. The 1991 Baptist hymnal. Probably, I would guess, that's the last hymnal we'll buy. Um until they fall apart but all the kids went and got hymnals and we uh, brought them back i sat them down in chairs and i had printed off the music you know the chords guitar chords but someone pointed this out to me that the hymn book is a very fascinating thing for kids when they're sitting in church you know because a kid gets bored really easy Mm -hmm. and like what is right around them that they can look at so they pick up this hymn book and it's, you know, it's a book of music and they have no idea how a lot of these songs go. They don't know how to read the hymn, hymns because it's weird with the stanzas and all that in the verses. And uh, so I showed them how to sing out of the hymn book and they thought it was really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, well, how do you read? You know, I was like, well, you read the first line of this first stanza then the first line of the next one, and then, you know, and I was calling out, read the second one, read the third one, and we went through how to sing in the hymn book, and they, of course, it's easy, they picked it up, but they thought that was really cool, hmm. and I thought, that's weird, because their parents are the ones that have rejected hymn books, but they were, these little ones were like, really, you know, 
it, it was interesting to them. They don't know how the notes go or anything like that, really. Yeah. But they thought it was interesting to read the hymn book, and it felt like maybe to them they were looking at music. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So we sang some songs. We sang Power. And the, they, their favorite songs were Holy, 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 and A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And what really, <laughs> what they really liked about A Mighty Fortress, I was like, this song is 500 years old. And they thought, this is that's crazy. It's a 500-year-old song. <laughs> so we sang that. Then we sang... Uh, a Robert uh, Murray Machine uh, poem that was put to um, the music for uh, My Jesus, I Love Thee, called Jehovah Sid Kenu. And we're going to sing that one Sunday morning. So we kind of went through, and it was just a really neat time singing with the kids. And then I sing a bunch of silly songs, and we did Shut, D-Do, Keep Out, D-Devil. And when we do that one, I know it's an 80s throwback, little Randy Stonehill, but Melissa comes in, and... Uh, sings the verses for us so we someone has to always go get mama so she can come sing the verses <laughs> but we had 43 that's only, that's one of the few times i've done something like that where every day there were more kids yeah even though there were kids that were absent from the day before there were more they just kept showing up it was a wild um, success and it was loose and anyway kind of a fun thing that we do every summer just because i promised my kids we would do it yeah that was part of the deal coming here not being a music minister anymore. It's like, we'll still do the music camp. And here at Olney, I get to be the music minister and the pastor. Yeah. So it's, a, it's awesome. a double duty. Well, tonight we're wrapping her up and uh, wrapping up 31 for 31. There, is there a place where you can go and look at all 31 things? Do you add to yes. that? You add to it every night? Yes, it's pinned, it's pinned to the top of my Facebook page. So okay. we have all 31 of the titles there with links. You just click on them and you can listen to every single episode. That might be something to share with your friends or, or whatever. Um, quite a body of work we've produced. I wonder how many hours it is. But I mean, it's got to be at least 20 hours of... Um, I think it would be probably more than that. Maybe, maybe in 20 hours. It feels like it's been way longer than that. <laughs> you guys ever try to talk to your wife this much? Huh? Huh? No, it's been a joy. <laughs> You're like, have you ever had to listen to your husband talk this much? Welcome to my life, ladies. But, <laughs> sorry, sorry. So, so for our 31st podcast in the series, we are, we, we've said before this is in no order of importance. And that will become obvious when you learn what number 31 is. 31 is the most basic of all the things to teach your kids that Christian parents should be doing. Number 31 is teach your kids the gospel. You know, I gave a sermon several weeks ago now, and I described in it a skit that I saw at one of those hell houses. Yeah. Do you remember this sermon? Did you ever hear it? Yeah, about the family. Yeah. Yeah. And that was so, it had such an impact on people. And I, it and did I, me too. I, I, I think about that all the time. It's I haunting. I don't even know what came over me to, to that was not written down in my, in my manuscript or my quasi manuscript. Uh, it wasn't a bullet point. It wasn't even a thought in my mind until I was standing up there and I thought, and sometimes I'll start telling something like that and think, oh, why did you get into this? This is going to waste four minutes of your sermon, and it's stupid. Like, I think that in my head. So I've got 
There's like an inner, there's like me preaching, and then there's like the inner dialogue with myself where I'm saying, shut up. <laughs> shut up. What are you saying? Why are you talking about this? You're distracting. Uh, this is, this is, this is your sermon? This is what you do for a living? Like, that's what's going on in my mind. Honestly? Dude. Have you ever heard a preacher? This is not what it sounds like. <laughs> That's what goes on in my mind. That's just a pitch for my sermons if you want to listen to them. <laughs> they're all online and they're all bad. No, they're, That's I, tr- I, not try, true. I try I try to do a good job. So tell them the story. All right. So that, so I started telling the story during the sermon of like a Hell House skit that I saw that had had an impact on me, obviously. Well, explain what a Hell House is first of okay, all. Okay. Hell Houses were these... Um, um, these things that so you've got to understand that melissa and i have come to our senses yet the tradition and culture with uh from which we have emerged uh was the 80s and 90s evangelical culture so we've talked about it the you know every shirt in my closet is a christian t-shirt culture yeah you know um for you know our my church we, we called it affectionately fort god um you know, we were the people that were running around hitting people on the head with Bibles. Uh, we burned our secular CDs. I mean, so what? You know, in a in a very frenzied premillennial dispensationalist way of looking at the world, which which they tended to do to us uh, or teach us or, or that viewpoint in the 80s and 90s at camps where they would work us up into tremendous emotional frenzies and get us all bent out of shape and crying and all this. Anyway, one of the things that came out of that culture were these wacky haunted houses um, called hell houses. So it was like the churches. So here, basically, in the 80s and 90s, whatever the world did, the church mimicked. That's probably the best way to look at it. Yeah. Like when you had, like there was nothing original. If there was a hit song that sounded like something, then you just had to wait a couple of months and there'd be a Christian song that would be the same. It would sound kind of the same. It would be the same vibe. Mm-hmm. But it would be about Jesus. And so the church was really mimicking the culture. And so the the, cult, the the world had the haunted house and the church had the hell house. Yeah. And so churches would put on these big, elaborate haunted houses. And they were gory and they were gruesome. But, you know, they were Christian. They were Christianized. Right. It was all, it was this really, it was still going to, it was still going to scare the H out of you. <laughs> But they literally wanted to scare the H. They wanted to scare you out of H. That's what they were going to do. So they were going to they called them the Hell House. So it was all of these scenes, which are which is way scarier than a than a haunted house. It was way more terrifying. Yeah, because, because it was real. It was, it was real. like reality. Yeah, was like, so when we're watching this, you know, and, and here come these two people dressed in all black with black masks on, the demons dragging people off to hell, and then the Hell Houses were always big on slamming doors. But there would always be like a door. <laughs> there would be like a door that would slam so yeah. loud, and that was like, okay, that's it. You know, it was really scary. Every well, every scene in the Hell House was someone dying in some horrible way. Yeah, not being ready for it. And there was a lot of blood and a lot. Oh, of, it, it was, was gory. just they yeah, were, they were gory. They were something else. Yeah, I remember we went over to one Hell House, and after we were done with the Hell House, we're all standing. You know, they they're kind of they put like a hard sell, um, emotional decisionalism gospel type invitation on you and then they have you kind of standing around in a circle and i was standing in this circle several of us were there with this guy with this really long beard and he kept telling this and i I felt like the guy was lying but he was like telling us that he was related to zz top 
<laughs> that was like his, like his cred for us to believe what his gospel presentation was. He was like, guys, you know, you know, you did get around some of those guys, you know, that are really into the hell house. <laughs> they're, they're a little off their rocker anyway. And he's like, uh, you know, guys, uh, I just want to tell y'all that, uh, you know, I'm related to ZZ Top and, uh, that's probably you could tell because of my beard. <laughs> okay, but okay, I'm gonna hit the pause button now and say you like ZZ Top. That the the people who were running the Hell Houses were very sincere, they were sincere. in their what they were. They, their hearts were in the right place. Oh, sure, sure, sure. We're sure. not making fun of the people. We're just making fun of that culture that we love. Yeah, it's our tri- Yeah, I can make fun of it because it's like the tribe. Of, which, from which I come. We totally get it. It's like I can make fun of the Dallas Cowboys, but if a Redskin fan makes fun of the Dallas Cowboys, right. I'm mad at it. So I'm assuming right. if you're listening, you're in my tribe. And if you're not, hey, welcome to the tribe. <laughs> we, you and me need to go to a hell house, and you will love it. <laughs> so I was talking to a friend today about it. We were talking about the Southern Baptist Convention and just how you know it's, it's such a, a dumpster fire right now. But it's just, you know, it's our dumpster fire. And, yeah. and we're we're still gonna get warm by it, and we're still gonna we're gonna sort it out, and we're gonna we're here for the long haul. Yeah. We're not about to jump ship. But I'm just saying we have there's been there's a generational shift that's gone on. I think there's also just been some maturing as evangelicalism uh, has become more biblically rooted and less emotionally rooted and. You can listen to all our podcasts. We've explored these themes. We like to talk about these themes. So yes, if you were a if you ran your own hell house, we salute you. Um, and and this illustration from the hell house was really it had a tremendous impact in my sermon. So people were coming so, up, you know. So so, so as bad as a hell house could be, they also you know this um, I did get a moving illustration. So in the hell house, you got you know you got the setup. We're standing there watching. Uh, so you watch a family have a car accident. I think that was the setup for it. And so all of them perish in the car accident. A mother, a father, a son, and a daughter. And as they get to the judgment, which, I mean, we can explore the theology of this later. And I think I even said that in the sermon. But, you know, like, how could it be possible that this could happen? But it could be. We, don't, we can't judge people's hearts. We don't, we don't know what God's doing. So anyway, it turns out that the parents' names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So the parents were Christian, but the children were not. So there was sort of a moment where the kids were realizing that this was the judgment, and at the judgment you were either going to be covered by the righteousness of Christ and go to heaven, or you weren't and you were going to go to hell. Mm. And so the kids were looking at their parents. This is what was so moving about it. The, the daughter goes, and whoever wrote this, I mean, it's pretty genius, the daughter goes over to the mom or the dad or whatever and says, what, what's happening? What, what's going on? And the parents are looking at them like, well, we're, you know, when we were younger, we were very involved. We, we were involved in the church. We loved the Lord. We just, we gave our hearts to Christ, you know, which it makes you think, well, they didn't really seem to have a persevering faith, but still go with a skit. Yeah. So the, the, these pe- the parents were Christians and, and the kids were saying, what? So y'all are going to go to heaven and y'all knew how to get there. Y'all knew how someone can be saved and you didn't tell us. Mm. And so the kids are yelling at the parents, how could you not tell us this? 
And here come the, the demons dragging them, the kids off to hell. And the parents are watching as the demons are dragging the kids off to hell saying, mm. why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you tell us? You know, and that was, well, when I shared that skit, you know, kind of remembering the skit, people were coming up, oh, that was really good. Because it is, makes you think. Well, it gives you chills to yeah. think about, you know, that, I don't know that that exact scenario, you know, could yeah, you happen. Know, theologically, but... I'm, theologically the, the problem with it theologically would be that is there really such thing as a... a a, a someone who's a Christian without a transformed life. But I do think that it's possible, and I think it happens a lot, that people are Christians, they take their family to church, but they never, gr- the parents themselves never grow and mature in their faith. Mm-hmm. They have a stunted faith sure. that never develops really yeah. into anything beyond just, okay, I got saved. And I do think it's possible for parents, Christian parents, to raise children and never really emphasize the gospel in their yeah, home. Yeah, I think it would be, it, you know, it would be possible for, you know, someone to be genuinely saved and yet just be such almost a, an, yeah, an infant Christian your whole life that your children are not going to learn the gospel from you. Right. And that's the people they need to really learn it from. And, you know, I, how God does that and judges that, you know, I, I think some people would fall down on that side and say, look, there's no such thing as a nominal Christian. If, you, if you're a Christian name only, you're not a Christian. Um, and I kind of tend to fall down there. I think that if you understand the doctrine of regeneration, where God changes a heart and, and transforms a life, then you kind of, you, you, it's unmistakable. And it makes an impact. Uh, whether, but you know, the the other thing is, you know, children. Sometimes the apple does fall far from the tree. Just because you're a Christian doesn't guarantee that your children will be Christian. Though that seems to be one of the normal ways that God saves people, mm-hmm. is that parents raise their children up and the children believe. It doesn't it doesn't always happen that way? Um, as a general rule, train up a child in the way he'll go when he's old. He won't depart from it. Uh, that's a general rule. There are exceptions to that rule, um, and we have to, you know, there's, of course, great mystery in the way that our our wills work with God's will and, and all those questions, but here's here's the truth. Uh, Jesus said, go ye into all the world and make disciples, mm-hmm. and that would really include your home. I mean, if you're going to start off going anywhere, you start at home Yeah. and, and teach your kids uh, the gospel, what it means to be a Christian. And man, how do you do a a, a a hour-long podcast even on teaching your kids the gospel? Um, I guess number one, you'd want to impress upon your listener the importance of teaching the kids your children the gospel because it's really what the whole Bible's about. Yeah, the whole Bible is about atonement. That's from the very beginning to the very end. Everything is about the the Lamb, the Anointed One, the Messiah, and His making atonement. You know, worthy is the Lamb that was slain. I mean, that's even you know from the beginning. One is coming, who's going to fix this sin problem, mm-hmm. and then the very end, glory to worthy uh, gl- uh, worthy is the Lamb that was slain yeah. before the foundation of the world. This is a whole from the beginning to the end. Everything's been about this atonement. It's been about this good news yeah. of how your sins can be forgiven. 
So if you don't teach your kids that, you're not teaching them what's important. So, so let's talk about some specifics, some specific maybe um, concepts that you want to be introducing in your home. I, I would start with something like um, you want to be teaching your kids the reality of who we are. Mm-hmm. Sin. And the reality of who God is. Yeah. I remember one of the first verses they taught them in Awana was, all have sinned. Remember that? I remember that. It, and it was it Emerald that learned that? She, she was, that was I her think verse. It, was, it was Emerald that she was maybe, no, it was Sawyer. Little bitty. He was two. Yeah, little And he bitty. came home with a coloring page that said, all, all have, have sinned. Sin. And yeah. he had colored it. And we were like, oh my gosh. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's an interesting coloring paper. <laughs> <laughs> all have sinned. But it's true. Yeah. And all have broken the law. So, so yeah, you start them off with a with an understanding of, because that's really what our problem is. And, you know, our problem in the West is, you know, the message that we hear, and I was actually talking, I, I think Ed and Minnie would maybe listen to the podcast, but I was talking to Ed and Minnie in their front yard just a little bit ago while they were watching the gas company repair a busted gas line today over oh, at the country man. club. Yeah, it could have been a real, she said it could have been a huge explosion. But anyway, um we were talking about, um, I totally lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? Um, we were talking about all have sinned and our problem in the West. Oh is... yeah. Yeah. I was telling Ed this. Yeah. See, I'm, I get sidetracked. Um, that's heat stroke. <laughs> <laughs> I told Ed, I said, you know what he was saying? Well, you know, uh, people, people like to hear that feel good stuff. People like to hear that feel good. And I said, yeah. And they don't really get that from me. I, I've never really been a feel good. I really want to be sometimes. Like I thought, like stand up and just tell them about God's love. I, you know, I sometimes just want to be one of those guys where people are like, wasn't that just the most wonderful, beautiful message? And I wind up getting up there and just like yelling at people. <laughs> but you know, if you in America stand up and say God loves you, the reaction people have is, well, of course. Of course he does. Yeah. Have you met me? I'm lovable. I'm so lovable. I'm awesome. I'm awesome and random and, and just <laughs> surreal. So awesome I am and just latte or whatever. Well, the, the, yeah. the prevailing idea in America is that deep down inside, people are good. Yeah. Disney movie theology. Yeah. If you can and just if you can just break if you can just get down to that inner core, yeah, and that's kind of what decisional evangelism and, and evangelicalism is. It's like you've got to you've just got to lay it on so thick that you break them down. If you can get them to cry, right. the good they break and the goodness comes out. Right, and that's not the gospel. Yeah, the gospel is deep down inside. You're bad. You're worse than you, you even know. Yeah, you don't even, yeah, you're dark as, as Brother Jimmy said, your heart is as dark, dark as, as a thousand, thousand midnights, midnights man. <laughs> Remember when he said that? That's, we that's were, the most vivid we were, yeah. and true description I've ever heard. <laughs> he, he, this was an 80-something-year-old pastor oh, that, that was teaching us at a pastor's conference. And he was telling the story of how he realized that he was being tempted and he was kind of denying it for a while, and then he said, in that moment, I looked inside my own heart, and it was as dark as a thousand, thousand midnights. midnights. Yeah. Mm. Gosh, that still gives me chills. So that's a, good, that's a good point. I think we teach, you know, you have to have an understanding of who man is. Then I think you, you've also got to teach them, which one of my focuses today, uh, to, I, the, music, the music camp is really a gospel camp, and... 
so the the first day I teach them about, and I probably do this all backwards, but I teach them about, but but it, to me it builds upon it. I teach them about righteousness. So the first the first day is about the righteousness of Christ, the the fact that you need an alien righteousness because you're never going to be righteous on your own. So this week's theme was Jehovah said Kainu, which is Jeremiah twenty three six, which is the Lord our righteousness. We looked at that idea. The next day we looked at atonement and sacrifices and blood and Leviticus and sin and the lifeblood is in a creature and so the lifeblood will atone for the sin on your behalf. You know, that those ideas of atonement so that they can understand when John the Baptist sees Jesus, he says, behold, the Lamb of God, he takes away the sins of the world. Yeah. So they can understand the fact that they need an alien righteousness. They They understand that the concept of a sacrifice, someone taking your place, being punished in, in your stead. And then today, First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, uh, verse 1, this is what I passed on to you, which was delivered to me, which is a first of first importance, Paul says. First importance. So I look at the kid and say, okay, what's the number one thing that the apostle wanted, wanted them to know? First importance. And we talk about what's first important, what's first, what's important? Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. He was buried. He was raised again on the third day, according to the scriptures, and all these people saw him. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they got hung up on like, why is Peter called Cephas? That they really have <laughs> do the kids get wacky questions? And of course, I don't know if they're getting it when I'm teaching it to them because I'm teaching like I'm teaching them major doctrinal uh, concepts. Like mm-hmm. we're like when the people come in, when the parents come in and see the the, the marker board, and it's like. Jehovah Sid Kenu, atonement, uh, imputed righteousness, and yeah. some of these theological words. But the kids get it if you just explain it to them, because you can explain everything in pictures. And, yeah. and so then today we talked about that, why Christ had to die, that he had to take the punishment. Because the judge has to be fair, and there has to be a punishment, or he'd be a bad judge, and God can't be a bad judge. So those sorts of things you have to build yeah on each other so they need to know that they're sinners they need to understand the need that they have for righteousness that they'll never be able to attain on their own right they need to understand atonement and sacrifices this stuff if somebody's just standing up trying to give them a four-minute bible uh, evangelical invitation at a bible school or at a fca um, event or something where they're going to go and hear an evangelist who's given the if they don't have this background, they can't understand. Mm. If you don't teach them, who's going to sit and teach them? When yeah. you're sitting at, so if we sit around the supper table, we just, so here's how we do it. And we're not disciplined. We're not special. Um, I'll speak for myself. Melissa is a smart, but, you know, I'm not particularly, like, intellectual or anything. Or um, I'm just trying to, I've been trying to figure out how to say the gospel to people for, like, 10 years. And it takes me a long time because I've just said, man, I can tell you in a minute that Jesus changed my life. And it, 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 um, since uh, I've given my life to Christ, it's been awesome. And I, I mean, I can give a testimony. You can give a testimony. But the things that we talk about with the kids, we never run out of things to talk about. That's how exhaustive mm-hmm. this message of the gospel is. So we talk to the kids and we say, we'll sit at the dinner table and I'll look at the six-year-old and say, Emerald, explain to me the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. And she does. Yeah. 
because and and she's saying it because she's she knows how to say it. I'm not sure if she knows what it means. But today Sawyer said the most interesting thing to me. We were washing our hands in the bathroom, and I said, "Did you did you enjoy music camp today?" He said, "For the first time in my life, I understood every I understood everything you were talking about the whole time." Wow. But it took him till he was ten. Yeah. And he's been probably sitting in there since he was four or five. Yeah. And I go over the gospel about an hour each day for three days. He said, I understood it all. That's awesome. But we talked about it. We talk about it all year long. Yeah. You know, and so if it's being reinforced and you have to just keep talking about it and don't talk about it and then and, and be like, no, okay, y'all, y'all bow your heads and close your eyes and raise your hand. And when I count to three, you don't do it like that. Mm-hmm. You, you just tell them the gospel and then you, you know, you can tell them, you can pray a prayer I, with the kids today. I prayed a prayer that was sort of the calling or the crying out of a heart that would be um, calling on the name of the Lord to be saved, kind of a prayer along those lines. And you can pray a prayer like that and trust that it's, you, you, you're looking for the Spirit's movement in those kids' lives. Yeah. And uh, if it's your kid, you're going to see it. You're going to know it. This is something you're going to be talking about. You're talking about it all the time. You're talking about it every day. You're talking about it every week. Uh, it's a, it's the thing that they know you're the most excited about and that matters the most to you. And if it doesn't, examine why and repent where you need to repent in that area. Yeah. I mean, if the, if that's not the thing that you... You know, that doesn't have to be like you're um, a cult leader or something in your house. It doesn't have to be, you know, over the top. But if there's something that's more important in your home than the gospel of Jesus Christ, your home's messed up. Yeah. You need to fix that. And and the way that you do that is you say, I'm going to teach my, I'm going to, if I'm going to be a consistent Christian anywhere, I need to be a consistent Christian in my home in front of my kids. They need to yeah. know this is what matters to me. If it doesn't matter to you, then you need to get saved. You need to, you need to repent and give your heart to Jesus Christ and, and your your life needs to change. And he won't turn anybody away that comes to him. So you just give your life to Christ and ask him to change it. And maybe it's just an issue where you've been, maybe you've just been, um, you know, lax in, um, maybe you've just been lax in uh, being disciplined to talk about these things. Maybe you just don't have the energy when you get home. Maybe you're just too, you're too tired. Well, you know, um, it doesn't take that much. You know, I, I sort of lament uh, sometimes over uh, that we don't have enough time to read or we get busy or something like that. But you know what? I've always got time in the car with them. I love, you know what I've loved about taking Adelaide to dance all these these days? What? Is that we have 25 minutes over there and 25 minutes back to talk about things that really matter. And I have a, so that's an hour at least one night a week, I've got an hour with her to talk about what matters. Right. So I, I think, you know, this is so this is so crucial, and so that's why I thought we would kind of save it for the last one. For me, it's like a no-brainer. Is you've got to teach these kids of what's infer- what's of first importance, and that is you teach them the gospel. First, you teach them the gospel by you believing it. And you understanding that there's so many different facets of it and every one of them applies to your life. It's life transforming. It matters in every area of your life. And then you actually have to, with your mouth, tell the kids the gospel. Yeah. 
I've got a good quote here from David Platt. This is from a sermon from a conference he was at a few years ago. He said, Our goal in parenting is not ultimately for our kids to get a great education or to be great athletes or to find a great husband or to get a great career. Our goal is for them to love a great God. Mm. And I think that that is what should be all of our goals if we're Christian parents. You know, we have a tendency in America to let other good things crowd out the most important thing. Yeah, and we do a lot of those good things. I mean, we are we are busy, busy, busy. busy. I mean, I'm I'm the president of the booster club. For goodness sakes, our kids dance. They play basketball. They play um, uh, uh, t-ball. What else do we do? We go play golf. Yeah, we're involved in all these different. Activities at the school, academic and otherwise, acting and act one act play. We're doing all this kind of stuff. We are we're very 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 busy, and yet despite all that busyness, what's up? You're messing with my hair. You've got something in your hair. Is there I a think bug it's a in bug. My, we'll get it out. She starts messing with my hair while I'm trying to talk. It's very distracting. Well, I didn't know if you would want me to just let that bug crawl up on your scalp or what. I'm kind of like a. I'm kind of like a cow, you know. I'm trying to save you from a bug ever, that landed on your head. You ever looked at cows and they're really hot in the sun with the flies all over them? Yeah. And they do that thing where they shake their body to get the fly off? Yeah. Yeah, and you think, isn't this bothering you? If I had that many flies on me, I'd just start running. It doesn't bother you. You don't care if you have a bug I in I couldn't tell hair. I had a bug in my hair. So but, I, I w- It didn't look like a lice bug, did it? No, it was a big... That's it a was big a big bug, like a roly-poly? I don't know. <laughs> It was a full-grown uh, cockroach uh, crawling around up in your scalp there, buddy. Didn't bother you at all? No. You know, I'm such a great husband and have, have been such a great provider for Melissa that we even have memories of early days in marriage, which has lasted for 19 years. I know. Surprise. She has a memory. Do you have a memory of a bug crawling across your face? Is yes. that what the memory is? Yeah. Well, it was actually right up here, right up my neck. Right up your neck. Yeah. Giant cockroach. Giant cockroach. In my bed. Running across, you know. And he was probably, I, His other buddies like dared him. I dare you just to run across her neck right there. See if you can do it without getting killed. I was in a dead sleep and I woke up to the feeling of this giant creature on my neck. I jumped up and it landed in the bed and it was probably mm. three inches long cockroach. Awesome. And um, I went and sat on the couch and cried for a half hour. While you ridiculed me. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to save face, I'm sure, because I was the one that rented the place. <laughs> but it seemed clean. That was one of yeah. the clean that was one of the cleaner places we'd ever lived. Yeah, we been, lived in a place in Lubbock a few years later that had so many cockroaches. You just gave up? That you know, Chad would sleep late because he was up till two studying and then I had to get up at six and go teach school. And I would get up in the mornings in that house, and in the living room, there would be roaches just, just on, the on the walls, walls of yeah, the living room. Yeah, I remember room. the roaches on the oh. walls. That place has some roaches. Well, and we'd call the landlords and be like, um, there's roaches really bad in this place. And they'd be like, well, just get a little, like there was some kind of powder. Just use some vinegar and some Yeah, there. but there was some powder or something that they wanted us to use. Yeah. Some kind of, oh, boric, you know, boric acid will get rid of them. And you're like, no. <laughs> No, these things these things will outlast us. Yeah. Oh, that was nasty. Yeah. 
Okay, so I do want to mention a resource that is, I talk about this book a lot, Mm -hmm. and I think it's one of my favorite things that I've used with our kids, and it is a book for preschoolers, but I'm telling you. Oh, are you talking about Jesus Calling? When I... (laughs) Don't get that book. Just burn it if you got it. When I started... um, Using this book with my kids many, many years ago, I learned a lot about the Bible. The story is called The Big Picture Story Bible is what the book is called. And it's a children's book that shows how the gospel is woven throughout all of Scripture from the very first pages of Genesis all the way to the end. It's a fantastic book for teaching your kids the gospel. You can read a little bit each night. It's easy to understand. It's got interesting artwork. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend this book, even for your older kids. They will enjoy it, too. I still enjoy reading it, and I'm 40. So I will put a link to that book so you guys can see it. I would recommend using that with your kiddos. If you're looking for a way to get started, how do I teach them about the gospel? Such an easy way. And then Desiring God has a ministry now that's split off or that's you know kind of gone on its own. It's not called Desiring God Kids. It's called Psalm 78 or something like that. Is that what it's called? I don't Psalm know. Psalm 78 Ministries. Well, that's really catchy. But anyway, they've got some neat resources and... Uh, they put out. They had a book that we got at T4G that they gave us for free for giving our email address or something. And I've been reading through the essays that are in that book. It's just sort of a, several different people took a chapter, and man, some of those chapters, I, I'm, I, I, I have to keep marking them and rereading them to sort of sharpen the way that I share the gospel with children. Some neat illustrations tips on how to explain different aspects of the gospel of Jesus Christ to children. So that's that's a good resource. Um there's tons of uh there's tons of things. You know, I've got a standing invitation if you send me your email address, you want us to sign you up for Right Now Media, we'll do that for, through our church. Uh we we're told we could sign up anybody we wanted, so we're not breaking any rules. Uh there's a lot of resources on that and uh I curate all the bad stuff out of there. Uh, the bad doctrine, if usually they don't have any, but every now and then there'll be a teacher I don't agree with, and I'll just block you, block them. Um, what other good resources? Oh, and you know the other thing we didn't mention: one great thing that God has ordained and His plan for people to come to know the gospel is the church. Right. It's <laughs> a, a kind of a biggie. Uh, <laughs> you know, the church is made up of families and we, we trust that the father and the mother will be the shepherds of their children in their home. Uh, but also the Lord has given us teachers, uh, evangelists, has given us pastors in our churches. Uh, the context in which we live out the Christian life is the local church. If you are not involved in a fellowship, a local fellowship, a local body of believers, then you are not doing the Christian life correctly. Uh, you're sinning because you are forsaking the assembling together of God's people, which you've been commanded to do. Am I, am I, am I laying that down hard enough, you think? <laughs> <laughs> hey, get your kids in church now. Uh, you, you aren't, you are not, you're being disobedient. And, you know, that's how I guess maybe you set up some of those uh, hell house scenes is that, you know, your children need to know that that's a priority for you. And you, we did the podcast with our kids and I would, you know, have your kids know church on Sunday morning is a non-negotiable. We go. 
and and that's because we're committed to what we believe is the truth of what God's word is teaching. Do not think, oh, I've got plenty of time. Oh, yeah, we're running out of time. I keep thinking that about Adelaide. You know, she's 13, and you think, oh, she's just a seventh grader. But then there's only 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 left. There's five years left. I know. And I told her the other day, I said, we've got to really start hunkering down and studying more because I've only got five years left with you, before, you know, to teach you what you need to know, you know, before you're an adult. So it happens really fast. They just little bitty one day, and then you turn around, and they're, you know, um, eighth graders with braces and really long she has really long eyelashes have you noticed that yeah she does yeah i noticed that the other day i was like how are those things like (laughs) (laughs) there's her eyelashes are like half an inch long yeah it's they're really pretty they are she puts some mascara on them and i think they look really good with her braces and her eyes and i don't know (laughs) she looks like a real teenager to me she does Yeah, that's the teenage look you know but anyway um hey I think let's wrap this sucker up. Let's do it. It's been awesome. Lord, we just pray that you would bless the 31 for 31. Um, The people who listen would be edified by what they've heard. Father, we pray that you would help change lives and and change the the composition, the composure, the the posture of homes uh, by your Holy Spirit coming in, intervening, saving people and saving children in our homes. So we just pray that you would work and bless and have your will and have your way with us. And we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So thank you for listening. Thank you so much for hanging with us for these 31 days. We promise we won't uh, quit podcasting after this. Oh, and let me mention that. I'm ready to do it again in December. Okay. This is podcast number 80. 80. Can you believe it? We did 80 podcasts. Okay. So in 20 podcasts, we'll be at at number 100, our episode 100. I'm already working on an enormous giveaway for our 100th podcast. It's going to be one winner takes all. Mm. A huge giveaway, wonderful prizes, wonderful businesses involved. And if you have a, a business or even just a product or something that you really like that you would love to be a part of the giveaway, then we would happily invite you to be a part of this giveaway. You can email me or contact us and we will uh, talk about that because we would love to have you be a part of it. It's going to be so fun. I'm looking forward to all the days leading up to the giveaway when I can highlight these different businesses and companies that are doing things that I think will make you and your family better. And also, as we're thinking of uh, taking it to the next level on Your Mom Has a Blog podcast, uh, we're flirting with the idea of YouTube channel. And we're going to pray that Melissa can make that happen with her short, informational, awesome, quirky videos but you did you did a facebook live video and had you had a lot of views didn't you i did yeah so yeah that was fun but i wanted to do the youtube videos because they're such better quality right quality is very important video quality with you and sound quality yeah i like i like a nice sounding product i like a very sharp looking video so we're gonna try to get some um a little bit better equipment and have a YouTube channel 
that can you can share those videos to the Facebook. Yeah. To the Twitter. To the Insta. Well, you can't share a video to Instagram, can you? I don't know. I'm not even on Insta. No. Can you believe that? You are not cool. I have resisted Insta. I have Insta just to get street cred. <laughs> yeah. It's like when evangelists used to have the hottest um, sneakers at youth camp. Yeah. Dude, you check out his Nikes, man. Yeah, he must be telling the truth. He's wearing <laughs> Nikes. <laughs> the other day I was trying to sign up for something, you know, that bloggers can do. And they asked what my Insta mm, you gotta get Insta account was. And I left it blank. And they were like, does not compute, must have your Instagram yeah. account. Well, you, you've got a, a hip new phone now, so you can get you an Insta. Maybe. Start putting up some cool stuff. I can only handle so much social media. All right, let's wrap this up. 45 minutes now. We're 45. Well, but but I, I just don't want it to end. <laughs> well, like, we've got to go watch Jane Eyre. Come we on. are watching BBC 2006 Jane Eyre right now. And, uh, yeah, I bet you wish your husband would watch that with you. <laughs> bet you did. But they don't because they're way cooler than me. No, they just haven't. Oh, man. If they they saw, haven't tried it, so they, they don't know. Hey, listen. Let me tell you ladies something. I know you're thinking, how can I get my husband to be like that Chad Edgington? <laughs> where basically the only television he wants to watch are remakes of or uh, 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 adaptations of Dickens and Bronte sisters. Now, how can I do this? All right, let me tell you how to do it. If I was doing this all over again, I would probably start with Jane Eyre. It is suspenseful. Yeah. It's got the suspense and I've don't, you know, I've not read these books because please. <laughs> but but I'll sit down and watch it. I'll Says watch. the English major. Well, I mean, come on. I mean, are they good are they are they considered to be good writing? I guess it, it is. I guess that's what you read for English. I loved Jane Eyre. I never took that class. I was, I'm more of a romantic. Of, of all the things I read in grad school, that was probably my favorite book. Huh. Well, anyway. So anyway, we, we, we do have a date with um, Netflix, Jane Eyre, 2006 BBC. So we're going to head off into the great um, costume drama of BBC World and let you... Uh, try to finish up all the podcasting if you've made it this far if you've listened to 31 of the 31 podcasts would you comment somewhere facebook podbean no one's ever left a podbean comment have they yeah our page you did oh our page you did i would love to see some podbean comments leave a podbean comment and uh if you can like and share these things with your friends that would be wonderful and we would greatly appreciate that and maybe there'll be some liking and sharing to get into the contest right yeah there's for gonna be sure. some liking and sharing we're gonna for get sure. we're gonna all help each other out vendors <laughs> <laughs> but uh so it's been it's been great hope you've been blessed melissa thank you for all you do for our world <laughs> and thank you for all the laundry you do because it really makes our household work yeah you're welcome all right it's been it's been awesome thank y'all thank you Bye-bye. bye bye